to Isaiah 6. Well, well, well known passage of scripture. And tonight we're going to look at some keys and characteristics that open spiritual doors for revival. Because I really do believe that we're living in days where more than speaking about revival, we're going to experience revival. I don't know about you, but there's a time that we're at right now. We've just crossed over into the Jewish New Year. And one of the words relating to the Jewish New Year is that spiritual doors are going to be open. The Lord's been saying to apostles and, uh, apostles and prophets around the earth that the door to, to, to the realm of the Spirit is open like never before. And you know, when the Lord said that to others, he said this to me. He said that the door to revival is open. He said there might be rebellion in the world, but there will be revival in the church. He said the more rebellion that happens in the world, the greater revival will be seen in the church. And you know, that's in line with Isaiah 60, where Isaiah prophesies and says, gross darkness will cover the face of the earth, but the glory of the Lord. Didn't the Lord speak to us tonight about glory? But the glory of the Lord will arise upon you. And I believe that we're in seasons right now where there are fresh outpourings, fresh moves, fresh manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And we are echoing what every saint in every generation has said, which is, Lord, send revival. Lord, manifest revival. Lord, birth revival through us. Spread it to this region. Amen. Spread it to this nation. Let it touch the nations of the earth. So tonight we're going to look at an encounter that a man has with God, which prophetically, I'm going to help you see, is a picture of revival. A, rep a picture of renewal. A picture of the glory of God filling his temple. Isaiah chapter 6. Verse 1, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifting up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. I said, woe is me, for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal which he had taken with the tongs from the altar, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. 
We thank you that it's the word of God. We ask you now to take that word and make it prophetically relevant to us as your people. Lord, will your word just burn in our hearts tonight? Lord, will you cause that fire to be lit again? Lord, will you envision us? We thank you that your word gives vision to us. Will you give us a vision of what you're doing in your church and in the nation at this time? For the glory of Jesus. Amen. And amen. You know, these verses here that we've read describe and visualize what happens when you encounter the glory of God. When you gaze into heaven, when you come face to face with Jehovah, it shows us what happens when heaven invades earth and the presence of God suddenly and unexpectedly breaks into an earthly temple and changes everything. I want you to realize tonight that this moment in time changed the course of Isaiah's life forever. All of heaven just broke loose. And invaded that temple. And that temple shook. Because God tore the heavens apart. And came down. God. And only God interrupted the flow of everyday life. And Isaiah was never the same again. You've got to remember that this was a divine moment. It was God's time. Let me tell you, when revival and awakening break in their fullness, it's God's time. When it's God's time, God takes over. God breaks into the flow of everyday life. And nothing stays the same again. And revival, therefore, like we see in these verses, is a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. It's an unprecedented saturation of His presence upon his people so that all the glory goes to God and God alone you look at this verse you look at moves of God down through the centuries and you will find that in every move of God man does not get the glory God gets the glory God comes on his terms not on our terms we see that here. Every time God comes, he comes on his terms and he comes in sovereign, divine power. Yes. One writer said this about revival. He said, human personalities are overshadowed when revival comes. Human programs are abandoned. God gets center stage. Working in extraordinary power on saint and sinner. God here takes over the temple this was not the perfect time naturally it seemed the wrong time because these were dark days in the nation King Uzziah had died and the shadow of war and destruction hung like judgment over this nation but I found in times of great great darkness again and again and again God breaks in there was a turning point. There was a change of season. One door closed, another door opened. We could say that death and despair and darkness were in the natural realm, but at the same time the glory of God filled the temple. And what happened then and what is described in this chapter 
It's so true today because we've crossed over. There might be deep darkness in the world, but we have crossed over into another realm of the glory of God. God is pouring out His Spirit in these days. Upon all flesh. And He's committed, as He said tonight, to fill His temple with His glory. And just like God broke in then, God has promised to break in now so that his people can experience afresh the presence of the Lord. It's very interesting that Isaiah, the man, saw the Lord. You know, when you see the Lord, you see yourself. You really see the way that you really are when you see the Lord. And you find with Isaiah that he was thrust into a completely different season. Through the divine presence of God. This encounter takes him from talking about God, reading about God, speaking about God, singing about God, to meeting with God. And the same must be the same for us. Because unless we meet with God, unless we encounter God, all we have is a form of godliness and a denial of its power. And what was necessary for Isaiah is still necessary for God's people today across the United States of America, across Canada, across Europe, because without the invasion of the presence of God, we are nothing. God changing us helps us to change the world. We experience God, then others experience God through us. You know as well as I do that in the Western world at this time, one of the greatest needs for the Church of Jesus Christ is biblical revival. Without biblical revival, we become this monument. We fossilize. We're static. We're stale. We're lukewarm. We're directionless. We're in this status quo, middle ground. No voice, no opinion. It's the reviving power of the Holy Spirit that energizes us to get moving again. The, book, the church in the book of Acts was not a monument, it was a movement. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and moved them out of that building so that they could touch the known world at that time. They moved under the power of the Holy Spirit. They did not stagnate. They weren't a monument, they were a movement and it has to be the same for us today. That's why we need the reviving power of God to make us pioneers again and not settlers. To energize us fresh with his presence. Revival in the church is what changes us and gets us moving again. The world needs saving but the church needs reviving. Without the church being revived, we will never see awakening in the world. Because it's the church that is the extension of Jesus Christ into the nations of the earth. And it's a revived church, hallelujah, that will be the means and the instrument for reaping the harvest that will bring the return of Jesus Christ. You know, when God breaks in, it changes everyone. 
affects all of God's people. God is generous when he pours out his spirit. He doesn't just want to pour it out upon us. He wants all of his body to be blessed. Whoever will receive the outpouring will receive it because God is generous and he wants all of his people energized with his reviving presence and his reviving power. I was sharing a testimony the other night concerning the time recently since I've been over here, I was in Oklahoma, and we had some incredible meetings there. And there was a man that came out with a heart condition. And he was slain in the spirit. And he was slain and under the power of God for 48 hours. They had to carry him out of the building. He was drunk in the spirit. He was intoxicated with the presence of God for over two days. But that man got completely healed. That man got completely delivered and set free. That's the kind of feeling I want. Yes. I believe we're going to see that in our gatherings. I believe people are going to come here and they're going to go down under the power of God. And under the power of God, they're going to get delivered of demons. They're going to speak in other tongues. And they're going to carry them out. So is going to be the impact of the encounter of God. I believe people are going to be passing and the presence of God is going to be so strong in this place. They're just going to pull off the road and come in here and say, what is it all? What's going on here? I was drawn here. I saw something here. I was drawn to this place. And it won't be you and it won't be me. It will be the presence of God. Resting and saturating this place with the presence of God. That's what we want. Leonard Ravenhill once said this. He said, the only reason we don't have revival is because we are willing to live without it. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live without it anymore. I live for revival. I will keep on preaching revival. I will keep on preaching Awakening, I will keep on preaching the masses getting saved until it breaks. And when it breaks, wherever I am, I will stay there. Until every soul has been reaped, hallelujah. I'm believing, I, I'm not here just to preach. I'm not here just to go from church to church. I am believing, I am anticipating an end move of the Spirit of God, hallelujah. That will usher in the King Jesus to this earth. That is what I'm believing for. I hope I've got some supporters and some believers in this place. What else is there? Let me tell you, I don't want to go to church and know what's going to happen from the beginning to the end. I want to believe that God's going to suddenly break in and do something that's going to change us all. I remember a number of years ago in Lisbon in Northern Ireland, myself and Anna started a crusade there. We thought we were there for a few nights and we ended up being there for well over a week and we started with about 30 of us in the room. And by the end of the week, there was over a thousand people that came into that room, not because of us, but the glory of God. That's what the Lord spoke about tonight. The glory of God invaded that place. When we talk about the glory of God, we're going to another level. Heaven is invading the room and staying here. Amen. 
I remember those meetings. There were cripples getting out of wheelchairs. There were blind eyes that were seen. There was a man that just walked down the front because he took his hearing aid off and said, I'm completely healed. Nobody laid hands on them, but the glory of God invaded them where they were. That's another level. And that is what we have to contend for. That's what God said tonight. You've got to contend for that. You've got to press in for that. We're not here to play church. We're here to be the church. To be God seekers, God followers, God chasers. Chasing after him and chasing after his presence. We are nothing without the presence of the Lord. I believe that there's a group of believers in this room right now that don't want to live without revival anymore. I believe that in this nation there's a remnant rising. You know, in the church and in every generation there's always a remnant. There's always one that will pay the cost, that will pay the price for everyone else. I believe that there's a remnant rising, hallelujah, who don't want church as usual. Who are pressing in for a new wineskin to be established, to pour out the new wine. The old wineskin's gone, it's worn out. There is change coming to the body of Christ. We've got to build with that new wineskin that's built on New Testament Christianity and Pentecostal theology and revival and awakening and what our forefathers gave their lives for. That is what we're pressing in for. That's what we're believing for. I believe we're declaring that there is the sound of the abundance of rain returning to the land again. Church, let's continue to put a demand on God and to say, Lord, whatever it takes, I'm here. Whatever it takes, I surrender. God, you can just take it all. Just give me your glory. Show me your glory. That's what Moses prayed. In Exodus 33, the Lord spoke about it. That's what Moses prayed. Show me your glory. I ain't going to leave here without your presence. How can I leave this place without your presence? How can I face this world without your presence? I can't go without your presence. I can't go without your glory. Your glorious presence is everything to me. It's all I am. It's what I breathe. It's what I live for. The presence of the Lord living in me and flowing through me to touch humanity. To feel Jesus. Experience Jesus. Let me give you quickly some prophetic points from these verses here. That hopefully will stir you up tonight. I'm sure you've already been stirred. Point number one. Jesus is at the center of revival. One writer put it like this. Revival is like falling in love with Jesus all over again. When I look at so many Christians at times and they're dry and they're weary and they're just going through the reach, the, through the, the, the motions, I feel like saying to them, you just need to fall in love with Jesus all over again. Yes. 
When you look at this passage, when you look at this encounter, you find that this encounter starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus. Jesus and only Jesus is the great attraction. Jesus is the center of attention. History is his story. It's all about Jesus. Verse 1. I saw the Lord. Verse 5. For my eyes have seen the King. The Lord of hosts. Verse 8. And the voice of the Lord said to me. Whom shall I send? Beginning. Middle. Or end. It's all about Jesus. He's the substance that holds it all together. He's the theme of this passage. He's the theme of this book. He's the theme of the Bible. History is his story. Whatever you look in the book, whatever you look in the Bible, you will find Jesus. He's in every book of the Bible. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the bright morning star. He's the lily of the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Emmanuel of God. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His name is all the way threaded through Scripture. It's everything. And he holds it all together. The Father points everything to Jesus. Just like this natural temple was filled with the person and presence of Jesus. So our lives which are temples of the Holy Spirit. Are to be filled. And reflect. The presence of Jesus not just in gift. But in conduct. And character. You see it's easy for God to give you a gift. It's easy for God to give me a gift. But that Christ-likeness has to go through our conduct. It has to work on our character. Becoming more and more Christ-like is the daily goal of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting in Ephesians chapter 2 that it says that we as the church are his masterpiece. And then another translation puts it like this. We are his workmanship. Masterpiece. Workmanship. Let me say this, you need both. You will never create a masterpiece without workmanship. Without change. And you know, God by his spirit and by his power, and particularly in revival, will work on you to change you and make you and mold you to look and reflect like Jesus. Think about a sculptor. He will chip away at a piece of stone to create something of beauty. He will not stop working on that piece of stone until it has beauty, until there is a masterpiece. Think about a potter. In fact, the Bible says that he's the potter and we are the clay. Think about a potter. He will mold. He's a hands-on kind of guy. Just like God is a hands-on God. He's got his hand on your life. And that potter will keep molding and making and crafting that piece of clay until it reflects something and it creates something of beauty. So God wants to work on our character. Ouch! That's 
the tough stuff. Because he wants to work on our speech and our actions and our emotions and our thoughts and our intentions so we become more and more Christ-like. That is the goal of the presence of God. Paul put it like this. He said, it's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. I read this quote the other day and it's so true and it said this. It said, you're either becoming more like Christ every day or you're becoming less like him. There is no neutral position in the Lord. There's no neutral position. We have a choice to make every day. We're either going backwards or we're going forwards. We have to make the right choice. And I know for you and I know for me that many of us in this room tonight want to become more and more like Jesus. And I believe that we're living in a time right now where the Spirit of God wants to give us fresh encounters with Jesus. To rediscover His beauty. To rediscover His majesty and His wonder and just get lost in knowing Him all over again. So that our, our love will be on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul put it this, he said, I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. But before power and before suffering, he said this, more than anything else, I just want to know him. Do you want to know him tonight? Do you want to find him afresh tonight? Are you ready to say like Isaiah? Do you want him to, to wash your eyes so you can say and I can say, my eyes have seen the king. Because when you see him, you become like him. The writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews 12 said this, Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. How's your relationship with Jesus tonight? Is it as powerful as when you first gave your life to him? Is his love burning in your hearts? Or do you need that fresh encounter with the presence of God, the Spirit of Jesus, to stir you and revive you and fill you with a fresh encounter of Him and Him alone? Secondly, every revival encounter brings a fresh release of His presence and glory amongst us. And just like he filled the, the temple here, he has promised to fill his church today. Because like I said, we have nothing without the presence of the Lord. And I believe we're in that season right now where there are fresh outpourings of the Spirit of the Lord. Let's just look at Isaiah 6 again. Let me just give you a few verses. Verse 1, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. One cried to another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory and the posts of the door were shaken. Wow, what an encounter. By the voice of him who cried out. The house was filled with smoke. I said, woe is me, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. But my eyes have seen the king. And he touched my mouth with a live coal from the altar and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. 
and your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Please note here that his robe filled the temple. God's robe filled the temple. One version says, one translation says, that he himself filled the temple. If his robe filled the temple, it's an extension of God. He himself filled the temple. And then it says that the temple was filled with smoke. Many commentators, many Hebrew translators, translators believe that the smoke mentioned here was a cloud. So just like the temple was filled with smoke, we could also say and justify from Hebrew scholars that the temple was filled with a cloud. And you know, whenever you look at clouds in the Old Testament, they always speak about the presence of God. They always speak about the glory of God. Because where you find the cloud of God, you find the presence of God. And it always finds its home in the temple of God. Exodus 40 verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting. And the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Wherever you find clouds, wherever you find glory, it always fills the tabernacle. 1 Kings 8 verse 10. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord. So that the priest could not stand to minister. And the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. I could go on and on and on. 2 Chronicles 5 verse 13. The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the glory of the Lord filled the house. When we read of clouds in scripture, they represent the presence of God. And you find that God's desire, God's ache, God's passion is to fill his temple with his glory. And just like he filled his temple under an old covenant with his glory, today he wants to fill his temple, which is your life and my life, with his glory, with his presence. He doesn't want us living in barrenness. He doesn't want us living in isolation. He doesn't want us living in, in loneliness. He wants to fill us with himself. He wants to bring corporate invasions of his presence upon us so that we're filled up with the glory of God. And we carry his presence. Wherever we go. I pray that we will settle for nothing less. Than the fullness of the presence of God. Abiding and resting and visible amongst us. In these last days. Because the promise in the book of Haggai is that the latter glory of this house. Speaking of the church. Will be greater. Than the former glory. Why will it be greater than Isaiah's day? Because we're living under a new covenant. That is just a shadow. What we've read in Isaiah 6 is just a shadow of what we have today. The veil has been torn in two. We have the rights to enter into the holy place and expect God to manifest in his fullness amongst us. And give liberty to the presence of God. You see, this isn't our meeting, it's his meeting. It's not my agenda, it's his agenda. It's not our will, it's his will being done. On earth as it is in heaven. 
not just to fill us but also to change us because you notice there that when the presence of God and the cloud of God and the glory of God comes into the temple there's always change and if I'm hearing anything in my spirit right now, it's time for change in the body of Christ. If you don't know it, open your eyes to see that everything that can be shaken is being shaken. It's his church. Jesus said, I will build my church. And the Holy Spirit has said to me that Jesus is, built, is taking his church back. And he's going to build it the way that he wants to build it. Because it doesn't belong to apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, elders. We're under shepherds. We are servants of him. We, we are not owners. We are servants. There's a difference. We can't control. We've got to move in meekness and humility and serve the people of God. It's his church. And our goal and our dream... And our prayer must be, Lord, build the church the way you want it built and fill it with your glory. Change us, make us, mold us. That was the prayer of Evan Roberts, who was the evangelist in the 1904 revival in Wales. Before the revival broke, his prayer for two years was, Lord, bend me, make me, show me mold me, shape me. Bend me, make me, mold me, shape me. It was his prayer. Just bend me, just make me, just mold me. Get me ready for revival, Lord. He used to spend days in his, in his, in his bedroom just in the presence of God. They used to, they used to bring his, his food up to him because he wouldn't leave the presence of God because the glory of God was so strong in his bedroom. They said when he came out, his face looked like an angel because the glory of God was so strong on him. When he came out of that room and when he met with the churches, he knew that the revival was on the way. And within six months, 100,000 people were swept into the kingdom of God. Because a man surrendered himself fully to the will of God. And I know the Lord is wanting that for me. And I know that the Lord is wanting that for us. Because to whom much is given, much is required. We've got to seek his face. We've got to do his will. We've got to live holy. We've got to allow him to change us. Make us, mold us, bend us, shape us. That's what happened to Isaiah. He heard the cry from the seraphim. Holy, holy, holy. Why was there three holies? Well, the Father's holy. The Son is holy. The Spirit is holy. That's what many commentators say there. That the seraphim are crying out to the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, to the Trinity. Holy, holy, holy! Is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. We've got to remember that the earth belongs to God. It doesn't belong to a government. It doesn't matter what the government does. It doesn't matter what the president does. He is God's president. Hallelujah. God has allowed him to be in office there. And this nation still belongs to God. Its foundation is still the word of God. And God will have his way in the United States of America. He will have his way in this nation. Because this nation is a Christian nation. I declare it. I believe it. 
We might be seeing many things happening in Washington and in many different states and with many different senators and with many different mayors that are contrary to the word of God, but this nation still belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the cloud filled the temple. When the presence of God filled the temple, holiness fills the temple. When there's a move of God, when there's a revival, there's always holiness. You know, some Christians don't like that word, but it's, in, it's biblical and it's the way we're to live. We are holy. And God has called us to live holy. God took a live altar, live coal from the altar, put it to his lips. He took fire from the altar. The fire from the altar touched his lips and it refined him and it purified him and it made him clean. There's something about the presence of God that makes you clean. Because when you talk about the presence of God that you see here, you also talk about the fire of God. And when there is a move of the Spirit, there's always revival fire to refine us and renew us and purify us from the inside out. To set us free from anything that binds us and holds us. You know, just like he burnt the dross with his burning fire out of Isaiah's life. So the fire of his presence tonight wants to burn out any guilt, any fear, any shame, any sin, any bondage, any regret out of your life. Don't take any sin. Don't take any weakness. Don't take anything that's stumbling you into this new year, into this new season in God. It will trip you up. I believe the Lord is saying to all of us, deal with those little foxes, deal with those things. The trip you up, make the right choice. Don't allow anything to hinder you for the rest of this year because revival starts in me and revival starts in you. And our God is a consuming fire. Allow him to burn up the dross. There's the presence of God in the temple, but there's the fire of God in the temple. For me to change the world, I've got to allow God to change me. I've got to allow him to burn up those things that need to go. You know, it says in the book of Malachi, it says that, that God will come like a refiner's fire. It says, he is a refiner's fire. Do you know, the word refiner isn't really a word that we use today, but ref a refiner in biblical times was a person who'd take a piece of worthless metal that nobody saw the beauty of, nobody saw the worth of, and he'd take that piece of metal because he saw how precious that piece of metal was and he put that piece of metal in the furnace and he turned that furnace up to an intense heat anybody feel that like they've been in the furnace recently and he turned the furnace up to an intense heat and he put that piece of metal in the furnace and he'd wait and he'd watch until all the dross all the impurities came to the surface and he'd take it out and he'd wipe off the dross and he'd wipe off the impurities. Then he'd put that piece of metal back in the furnace again. And he'd, brought, he'd go through that 
process until he knew that that piece of metal was purified and the way that he knew that piece of metal was purified was once it was pure he'd take that piece of metal out of the furnace and he'd be able to see the reflection of his face in that piece of metal and you know that is what God is doing in our lives He's committed to refine us. He's committed to change us. He's com committed to mold us and cause his fire to burn within us so that what will be seen through our lives is not a reflection of self, but a reflection of Jesus. So that the world will feel wherever we go, we reflect Jesus and we're the fragrance of Christ. And the aroma of Christ that brings a difference. Through our love and kindness and mercy and care to those that are in, in darkness. So that we will be a pure light of Christ to those around us. Finally, every move of God in us always has to flow through us. Revival in the church, encounter in the church always releases awakening in the world. It changes society. It brings reformation. It releases the church to be light in darkness. Verse 8 and 9. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Do you know the Lord is still saying that right now? Whom shall I send? Is there someone who will go? Is there someone who is willing? Is there someone who is available? Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. With every encounter, there comes a change and a transformation. But there also comes ascending. What starts in us has to flow through us. What started in this temple could not stay in the temple. It had to flow out to touch the whole earth. God is looking for someone. He was looking for someone then, and he's looking for someone now. He's saying, whom can I send? Who will go for me? Who will go with the gospel? Why? Because we can't be inward. It's not just about us. If it's about us and what we do here, we're a swamp instead of a river. God has called us to be a river that, that touches the region with the presence and the power of the gospel. That's why Ezekiel, when he saw the temple in the book of Ezekiel, he saw water filling the temple. And first of all, it was ankle deep, then it was knee deep, then it was waist, and then it went up to his neck. And then he looked again and the water went out of the temple for the healing of the nations. The water which represents the presence of God and the work of God is never meant to stay in the temple. It's meant to fill the temple and then reach the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God is looking for men and women tonight who are ready to say, here am I. Send me. Send me to my neighborhood. Send me to my family. Send me to my nation. And maybe for somebody, send me to the nations. I don't know. Here am I. He wants that willingness. He wants that availability from all of us to go where he sends us. You might be saying, well, John, I, I can't go to the ends of the earth. I can't reach that world. No, you can't, but you can reach your world. 
You can reach your workplace. You can reach your friends. You can reach your family. You can look for opportunities to share the love of Jesus with people that need and desperately need to hear about Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 14, he said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket or hide it because it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You know, we used to sing a song many years ago and it went like this little, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Are we letting our light shine? God wants the light of the gospel to shine through you and through me. You know, when we look at Genesis chapter 1, it says the darkness was covering the earth. Go back to the beginning. Go back to the first chapter of Genesis. Darkness was covering the whole earth, just like today spiritually. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And you know, we've got to take hold of those words because God wants to do exactly the same today. Wherever we are, we need to prophetically say, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our home, whether it's, it's while we're shopping in the mall, we need to say, let there be light. Even though darkness might be surrounding us, even though darkness might be, might, might be encroaching us, even though there might be gross darkness in our neighborhoods, we need to prophetically open our mouths and say, let there be light, because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation and light is greater than darkness where darkness abounds grace abounds all the more hallelujah and we've read the end of the book Jesus wins Jesus rules Jesus reigns and Satan is defeated we are here to enforce the finished work of Calvary we are here to take ground for the kingdom of God we're here to occupy till Jesus comes. We're to enforce the kingdom of God and to say, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And to believe through our lives that we can make a difference. And we can. Because we are the temple of God. I saw the Lord his train filled the temple. The temple was filled with his presence. He touched my lips. He touched my life. With a coal from the altar. With fire from the altar. He purified me. Cleansed me. Set me free. Filled me with his glory. And he said, whom can I send? And I said, here I am. It's not a natural temple anymore. It's not made of bricks and mortar. It's your life and my life. And revival doesn't start out there. Revival starts in me. That's why David said, revive me, revive me, revive me. It starts in here. It's a personal work of the Holy Spirit.
pray tonight that you'd catch the fire of God. I pray tonight that you'd have a fresh encounter with God. I'm just trying to put into words what the burden of the Spirit is for all of us. And that is to cast that fresh presence, to, to contend. To contend for the glory. That's what the Lord said tonight. Contend for the glory. Press in for the glory. Don't allow the things of this world to squeeze you into its mold. Throw them off and press in for the glory of God and the presence of God. So that you can carry his glory to those that need to see Jesus Christ through your life and through mine. Amen and amen. Have you received the word? Have you heard the burden of the Spirit tonight? Amen. Let's pray. Hallelujah. My God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you glory for your presence in this house right now. Oh, Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory right now, Lord. And we pray in the name of Jesus right now for fresh manifestations of your glory amongst your people. In Jesus' mighty name. If you need a fresh encounter with God tonight. If you need a fresh touch of the presence of God upon your life right now. Just come forward. Come forward. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty. Saying, Lord, I need more. I just, I just need more. Maybe you're in that place and you're saying, yeah, I'm receiving from God. That's fine. But I want to call the hungry. I want to call the thirsty. He's just saying, I need more God. I just need more of him. I need more of him right now. Just come forward. Come forward. Hallelujah. I want to pray for our dear sister on the back row as well. Just next to you, sir. Yeah, let me pray for you as well. Hallelujah. Can you just come forward here? I want to pray for your health. Right now in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for the power of God just to go through you and the glory of God. To just touch your body right now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Father, I just pray for our dear sister right now. I thank you for your presence. I just see the presence of God here right now. Lord, I just, I just rebuke all sickness. I rebuke all attack off her life right now. And I rebuke all sickness. I rebuke all disease. And I pray, Lord, for healing and wholeness for our dear sister right now. I curse all sickness. I curse all disease. And I pray for that glory. I just see, I just see like a hazy presence of God just all over this place right now. And Father, I just pray for our dear sister right now in Jesus' name. I curse the sickness. I curse the disease. And I call the glory of God to come down upon her right now. Lord, I pray for her breathing. I pray for her heart. I pray, I pray for her lungs right now. I pray for the fire of God to go through her lungs right now. In the name of Jesus, let the fire of God repair anything. Let there be a repairing of her lungs. Let there be a repairing of her body. I just call miracles down right now, Lord, into her body. I pray for creative miracles in her body right now. And I command all sickness and disease. Lord, Lord, our pain to leave right now in Jesus' name. Just fill her with your glory. Fill her with your presence. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just release that glory. Karabahanda. Just fill her up. Right now, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. 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 We just release the presence of God. The anointing of the Spirit right now. We believe you're doing something right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Just touch her. Touch her. Let your power go through her brain right now in the name of Jesus. Let the power of God go through your brain, through your body right now in Jesus' name. Let that glory fill you right now, Jesus. Oh, ba 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 ba. Thank you, Lord. Who else needs prayer? Just come forward. Come forward. Father, we just pray for our dear sister right now. Just fill her. Just fill her. Just fill her right now. Just fill her with your glory. In Jesus' name, we just pray for that presence of God. That presence, that anointing. That anointing right now. Just let that glory fall right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Marahanda, Marahanda, Marahanda. Just pour it in, Lord. Pour it in. 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 Oh, I just see the fire of God just on this on this floor right now. There's just such a sense of the presence of God. My Lord, just, just ring me. Mahanda, Mahanda, Manahanda, Manahanda. Just fill her up, Lord, right now. Oh, ho, ko, bo, ho, baras. Just fill, just fill, just fill. Fill her up. The presence of God right now, Jesus' name. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your presence. Filling your daughter. Hallelujah. Removing all tiredness. Removing all weariness, strengthening her right now. Strength of the Holy Spirit. Filling her, her heart so for you, Lord. Let the fire of God just burn within her afresh right now in Jesus' name. Fill her up with the glory. Fill her up with the glory of your presence. In Jesus' name, right now. Thank you, Lord. 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 Fill him up. Fill him up. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Strength. Let revival burn in him. Let revival burn in him. Let revival burn in him. In Jesus' name. Right now. Right now in the name of Jesus. Let the fire burn. Let the fire burn. Let the fire burn. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for our dear sister right now. I pray for healing through her body. I call the glory of God down on her body right now. I pray for healing. I pray for wholeness. I pray for strength right now. I pray, Lord, for all pain to leave her body, all aches and pains, Lord. Any pain going through her body, let it just leave right now. Let the glory of God just overshadow her right now. The glory of Jesus, fill her. Just like you filled that temple, fill your, your servant right now, Lord. Lord, I don't have to remind you of the years that she served you, and I'm asking you right now, Lord, just to pour in, pour in, pour in, pour in. Fresh, fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Curse all sickness, curse all disease. Now, whoa! In Jesus' name, let there be healing, let there be wholeness. In Jesus' name. Because um, this was truly from God tonight, all of it. This is the best I've ever heard you ever preach. 
Christ. And what you said was biblical, it was truth, and it was exactly what the church needed. Amen. Thank you. We Thank need, you so much. We need to be filled with, your, with the Spirit, and we need to change, and we need to be different. And all of us. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Yes. Yes. Lord, we pray for Jan right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for a touch of God for Jan. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet right now. In Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, for the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit to release her from any sickness, from any attack on her body, on her mind, or on her emotions. We pray for Jan right now. That, Lord, even his hands are laid on Chris. But Lord, your spirit will just touch Jan where, you, where she is. In Jesus' name, we just release that anointing right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we believe that you're touching Jan right now. In Jesus' name. Pour into Chris as well. Give him what he needs right now, Lord. Lord, give him, give him that fresh, fresh, fresh anointing of the presence of God for the week ahead. Get him drunk in the Holy Ghost. Marababaha sitabaha Karabaha tabara sabranda katia samana Marabaha taka sabrahan Rababa ataka sabraharaba Anamahanda manaka sabrakasa I don't want to presume, but does anybody else need prayer before I just pass it back to the Lord? Sabahata kasabakasa Maybe we just need to do some praying at the altar as well and, and contending. Can we, you know, this message has come out of the prophetic word that came. Contend for the glory. Press in for the glory. Pastor Leroy just shared, press in. Contend, contend, press in. Can we just press in for the glory? Can we just press in for revival? Maybe we just need to do that for a moment. Just press in, contend for the glory of God. Contend for the church, for the will of God being done in this church, for the glory of God filling this church, for the presence of God filling this church, for people filling this church, for this church being full, without withstanding room only because of the glory of God that's in this place. We contend for that right now, Lord. We press in for that right now. We ask for an open heaven over this place. An open heaven over this place. Hear our prayers. Hear our cry, Lord. Let heaven open over this place. Let there be no distance between heaven and earth, just like it was for Isaiah. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just take some of that glory. Satya Sataha. Sataha. Satahaya. Hoyaha. Hoyaha. Ya. Kurabaha. Wura. Sata. Sata. Sataha. Fill her up. Fill her up. Fill her up. Fill her up. Mahanda. Mahanda. Mahahaha. Ooh. Pour it in. 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 Pour it in, 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 pour it in. Let that health just download. Let there be an invasion of health right now. An invasion of heaven's health in your body right now in Jesus' name. Pour it in. Pour it in in Jesus' name. Mahanda. 
Mahanda, 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 Maka. Oh God. Oh. Shabababaha. Sabahata. Salabahata kara sabrahana barahata para sabrahana. Rabaha sihaha. Sihanda mahanda maniya kabaya basubrahanda maniya. Kahana basabrahu subrahanda mahanda. Karabaha. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus. Man.